Today's program is brought to you by the International Culinary Center, offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management, from culinary technology to food writing, from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit culinarycenter.com. I'm Damon Bolte, host of The Speakeasy. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. course i'm alexis mclaughlin and i'm here with philip gilmore we are taking over for patrick martins and welcome to the first show of 2015 yeah happy new year's thank you happy new year to you too um we're gonna start this show uh by introducing ourselves to you and and kind of to each other uh yeah so i think i think what the plan is uh me and alexis don't really know each other that well so uh we're gonna do uh kind of introduce ourselves to each other and uh to you the listeners so uh i guess the plan is we're gonna have a few questions for each other and uh, answer those and get a little history about each other for the show and you the listener and then later on we're gonna have uh mark hurst in the studio who's a good friend of mine and also a korean food expert and probably makes the best kimchi in new york city so we have uh a few questions for him since uh, we are both ignorant to the world of <laughs> Korean food. Yeah, he will hopefully enlighten us to some uh, f- fun facts about kimchi and Korean food. Awesome. Well, let's get started um, with a few questions. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to ask first? Sure. I'll, I'm going to ask first. Uh, so where are you from? That <laughs> That's always a hard question to answer. Um, I guess I was... My family's all from Brooklyn, um, but moved down to Florida when I was young. So, uh, What part of Florida? Um, down in Naples, Florida, so southwest, just above the Everglades. Yeah. Uh, real exciting place. Yeah. A lot of old people. Um, but it's beautiful. I don't know. I love going back. love visiting my family. Have you ever been to the Mucky Duck or the Bubble Room? I it's have been to the Bubble Room. The Bubble Room. That's when a great restaurant. When I was a little restaurant. kid, it was, like a, it was just amazing. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a crazy guy, and he has all this Hollywood memorabilia and all these little knickknacks, and they're, they're like, they're, the, the tables are made out of glass, and the, there's things inside I the table. I just remember the bubbles. They were, like, yeah. magical, because yeah. they, they, they filled the entire entranceway. They yep. had, like, all these bubble machines going. Yep. I <laughs> know, oh, it was crazy. What about you, uh, Phil? Where are you from? Uh, I, was, uh, I was actually born in Kansas uh, and left there when I was about six and then grew up in, actually, the other coast of florida and west palm beach florida that's where i grew up yeah awesome. the time i was six yeah um so you have a question for me yeah sure. um all right so food your favorite food 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 that you love mm-hmm. that no one else understands like um I, I i i i think a lot some people understand this but i am obsessed with like organ meats even even not even the fancy stuff not even like foie gras but like chicken liver and gizzards and hearts and uh, and I think they're the most underutilized ingredient and I love eating them. I love cooking with them. Is that something I crave you grew them. up with? Or? Um, I think I think uh, uh, mo- most of my heritage way back when is mostly like Irish and Scottish. So I kind of like secretly think that I'm genetically predisposed <laughs> to crave like haggis and in all its glory. That's a theory. <laughs> 
Um, I guess mine, mine comes from my grandfather, and just everyone revolts when I tell them this. But I love sour cream with bananas and sugar. Wow! Like just like like a big bowl of sour cream. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Like like people don't realize the sour cream. It's like it's like creme fraiche or, or like a yogurt that yeah. is unsweetened. But the you know sugar, like the granules of the mm-hmm. sugar, you kind of add a crunch. Wow. And the sour cream is light, and the bananas, or I mean like peaches, whatever kind of soft sweet fruit is in season. Well, I'm definitely gonna go try it now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. People people think I'm disgusting. Aw. Uh, so, um, question for you. Okay. Uh, uh, did you go to school? Uh, I did. I went to, uh, I graduated two degrees from Florida state university, got my first degree in economics Mm -hmm. and my second degree in political science. And because I was, you know, really thinking about my future, I minored in geology Mm -hmm. because that's relevant. (laughs) Yeah. What about you? Uh, I, w- I went to I went to college twice for about uh, a less than a year each time, and both times just like quit and went traveling. So yeah, so I, w- I went to the school of hard knocks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> learning on the road. Yeah, um, I have really like you know just in depth questions just sure. to let you guys know. Awesome. Um, pet peeves. Uh, pet peeves. Uh, I don't really have many pet peeves. I uh, as as I've gotten older, I've 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 tried to. Um, try to kind of be more compassionate and uh, realizing that my pet peeves are kind of maybe reflective of my own insecurities. So um, I guess my biggest pet peeve would be like lying. I, I kind of don't have a lot of tolerance for lying. but uh, That's fair. And then also like maybe just in general in society, like people that are impatient, like on the subway or in line and stuff like that. I'm like, listen, you know, there's people in the world that, you know, you know, the, the cliche is, you know, standing in bread lines, for instance, you know, like in Russia for three hours. So I'm like, just, you know, just, it's not that bad. Just be patient, you know? So impatience, I guess, in lying would be my two pet peeves. And you? Um, pet peeves. I, I have, I have very specific pet peeves, uh, but only a few. Yeah. Um, I guess my first, my, you know, you know, when you're driving in a car, uh, you're not the driver and it's, it's drizzling out and someone has their windshield wipers on like, like, like turbo blast mm-hmm. and it's just like, Mm-hmm. I that that literally kills me. <laughs> um, second pet peeve um, would uh, anyone that attributes the song "Under Pressure" to David Bowie? Yeah, uh, which you know it's a Queen song. Yeah, it was written by Queen. <laughs> it was uh, performed exclusively by Queen. David Bowie lent it, you know lent his vocals on the chorus. Yeah, but he never even performed it live until. You know, a, a tribute concert to Freddie Mercury in the early '90s. Yeah, I don't know that. I guess that one bothers me. Th- these are these are good pet peeves to have. Um, <laughs> and then third third pet peeve, um, John Mayer. Oh, yeah, I can that's, see that. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, oh, uh, what what drew you to Heritage Foods? Oh, um, yeah. So I guess we'll give a little background. I, I work at Heritage Foods um, with Patrick Martins. Um, he, he's the founder and, and president. He's uh, one of my favorite people in the entire world. <laughs> he's everyone's yeah. favorite person. He's, he's the rarest breed of all. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's the strangest story. I actually started working for Heritage because my roommate is friends with Catherine Greeley, who's the, the director of Mail Order. And they were looking for some holiday help, you know, like literally just building boxes and, and stuffing envelopes. 
So I, I came in, I, I just did the warehouse, you know, heavy lifting for a few months. And I, I really liked it. I, I, I loved the product. I thought it was amazing. I, I love the mission. Um, I really love the people. And I just kind of grew my own place there. Yeah. It was completely unplanned. I was wor- looking, you know, actively looking for another job this entire, you know, the entire time I was there. But I loved it. They asked me to stay. And you just kind of planted yourself and made yourself an inevitability. An, 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 an inevitability? What is that? Is that the right mm. word? No? You, no, I'm saying you kind of made yourself indisposable by uh, working yeah, there. Indisposable. Yeah, I, well, I don't know if I'm indisposable, but I, I definitely uh, ingratiated myself in the team. And yeah. I, I don't know. I couldn't be happier. Yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah. I, uh, I, met, I, met part, uh, I actually, uh, when Roberta's first opened, I kind of helped out and waited tables here and there. Uh, in the beginning, uh, this is you know years ago, I guess six years ago now, and uh, and then uh, Patrick would always come in, and you know that's how I got to know him, and you know and uh, and actually I own Momo Sushi Shack, which is next door here, and I've been serving his products uh, for the entire time, and he's I, I just love everything about Heritage Food and the product and Patrick, and I'm honored to know him, and I'm honored to even be on this show. Yeah, you guys <laughs> are great supporters. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Love going in. Um, all right. Next question from me. Yeah. What are we? I don't even know yeah. where we are. Um, celebrity crush. A celebrity crush. Um, I don't currently have any celebrity crushes, really, but I would have to say growing up, uh, I would have to say Bjork. Maybe, maybe Bjork. And then also, too, uh, I guess maybe living or dead. Living or dead, I have to say... Anne Lindbergh, Charles Lindbergh's wife. She was absolutely just stunning. I don't know. Stunning. And Anne Lindbergh. Lindbergh. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, Charles Lindbergh's wife. Look at a picture. She's. Right, I never. I never met the woman. But okay. <laughs> I've only seen pictures. But I think she's classic beauty. And then, uh, and then, in my own mind, my my girlfriend Jordan Haddadi is very famous in my mind, and I have a huge crush on her. Yeah, <laughs> that's good to have. Yeah, that's that's a lucky man. Um, what uh, what kind? Oh, do, what? Who's your celebrity crush? Um, John Mayer? No, uh, (laughs) surprisingly not John Mayer. Um, Yeah, you know, I I asked this question and I wasn't sure if Living or Dead was eligible too. Um, But if that's on the table, I got to say Jeff Buckley. Oh, wow. And I don't know, I've just, I've been listening to Grace um, Mm. in the new year. It just kind of came back into into my rotation. He's Uh, in my top five. Yeah, of celebrity crushes. <laughs> yeah, living or dead. Um, and then Patrick Fugit, who is uh, from oh, interesting. I he's wow. great. He's he's done great projects. I don't yeah, know. I just have a little little girl crush Aww. on him. And Al- almost famous. He's almost famous. He is. <laughs> he's literally almost famous. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's the guy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah right. It's the guy from awesome. Almost Famous. Yeah. And and I guess my my first celebrity crush probably was Benny the Jet Rodriguez from Sandlot. Oh yeah. I think my first celebrity crush was my very first when I'm talking like five was the uh, the uh, uh, the original uh, like the the album Heart by Heart and had a picture of, you know uh, the sisters on it and I was just like don't date yourself you know, like I just like would look at the album and I was like they're pretty <laughs> um, oh uh, what uh, what food do you cook at home. Mm. I you know I used to cook at home a lot more than I do now. Um, just, I think just time. I'm, I'm so busy. I cook a lot. I mean, I cook a lot of heritage meat, which mm-hmm. is, you know, pretty great perk of the job. Yeah. Um, 
I cook a lot of pasta. Mm-hmm. Kind of grew up with that as, as a family staple. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of specific, like, just just kind of basic dishes, really. You know, I love cooking eggs at home. Mm. Maybe that's it. Like, yeah. every, I just put eggs in everything. Eggs. Yeah, my favorite. Something I did recently, I love taking leftovers and reinventing them. That's like... I swear to God, I was going to, after you were done speaking, which now I've interrupted you, but I was going to tell you that I have a theory, and I would love it if anybody can prove this wrong. Anything that you get from a restaurant, leftovers from a restaurant, you know, when you take take your leftovers home, anything that you get, if you chop that up and put it in a pan and saute it in olive oil, you can make an omelet out of it. So... The last time my sister was up here, we got we got dinner at, in Little Italy, and I brought home just like pasta bolognese mm-hmm. and had it the the next night. It was just you know it was just so much food. Had yeah. a huge you know to go box of it, so I put it in a cast iron mm-hmm. and made little baskets in the in the linguine and Ooh. and and cracked eggs yeah. into like you know four eggs yeah. and then I I baked that in the oven. Wow. Well, I think I sautéed the pasta first to yeah. kind of warm everything up, and and then baked the eggs in the oven, sprinkled a little cheese on top, and the eggs were just like a perfect medium. It was just the most amazing thing ever. Awesome. Even, uh, even last night we were doing a, a ramen dish, and uh, I love if somebody has just a little bit of just a little bit of ramen left over. What I do, I I, I strain out the the broth. And I tell them to mix that with the eggs, and then sauté the noodles until they're almost crispy, and then make an omelet out of it. It's great. <laughs> Is that what you, is that your home, like, um, you know go-to? What, you know, I, I was thinking about it when I wrote down the question, if you asked me, and it's it's really funny, like, at home, I think what I really do is I saute vegetables, like, root vegetables. I love, like, if, I, if I'm if i at home, I just love taking vegetables and putting some sort of oil and salt and pepper, and just, that's it. Maybe Simple. a little meat, maybe a little, maybe a little noodles, maybe a little this, but, like, really... Like, what I like cooking at home is, like, roasting vegetables. It's kind of simple, but that's kind of my kind of go-to thing. That's good to have. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. Next question for me. Oh, uh, first job. My first job is I, I've been working since I've been in fourth grade. So pretty much besides vacations here and there, I've been working since I was in fourth grade. So I, in fourth grade, sold newspapers door-to-door. Oh. Newspaper subscriptions in fourth grade. That's yeah, it was it was kind of it was in kinda, Kansas in uh, no in Florida in uh, West Palm Beach, oh, okay. Florida. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't even I don't even remember how I got the job, but this guy uh, this guy Harold would pick me up and me him as his son and this other kid would uh, would go. We'd start at about like I guess about five o'clock and be done around seven thirty, and he would drive us to different neighborhoods and drop us off, and we'd go down one block and then knock on the door, and I would just be like. Hi, would you buy a newspaper subscription? So yeah, were you earning money? Like, was is that yeah. le- is that legal? Yeah. How young were you? Uh, I was I was like ten, eleven. I did it for like two years. I I don't I think it's legal. Okay. I was I was getting paychecks though. I guess paper routes. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah. By the time I was like when I was like in sixth grade, I had like I think like a thousand dollars or something. Yeah, my my parents would you know get the paychecks and I had a bank account, but I was only allowed to take a certain amount, like you know, like thirty percent or something out but you know it was kind of fun like I saw parenting yeah 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 I, I saw I saw E.T. in the theater I think five times but with like my own money like I'm going to go to see E.T. again <laughs> because I can yeah yeah and how about you what was your first job um well I guess I, I grew up working with my dad uh he's a banker but he has his he has a his general contractor's license so we used to do you know just fixing up places and, and just do some work on, on our own house and, and other houses. But, I mean, that's not really anything I got paid for, so it was more just, you know, 
I was yeah. like his indentured servant, which Aww. I guess all children are. Yeah. Um, I guess first real job was working at a like fast food style, um, healthy alternative kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, based all around like rotisserie chicken and you know. How old were you? Um, I was probably, I guess I was like sixteen or seventeen mm-hmm. awesome. when I started working there. But um, it was great. It, it was a brand new kitchen, and my friend's dad was like kind of managing the restaurant. He's, you know, he worked for Johnson Wales and was very smart. And we got all this new kitchen equipment in, and like a combi oven, and we had, you know, some guy come in and, and train us all. And I guess I was the only one paying attention, so I quickly moved up to kitchen manager because oh, wow. I was the only one that could work the oven. <laughs> yeah. So that was like my first job. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, slinging uh, fast food, healthy chicken. <laughs> I love it. Um, any uh, other? Do you have any oh, yeah, other questions? Um, oh yeah, if you could go to any country in the world right okay. now, where would it be? That one's. There's so many places I I, I really want to visit. Um, you know, for a while, I was uh, really wanting to go um, somewhere exotic, uh, you know, somewhere somewhere different. I, I always I imagine going to places that are less traveled, um, you know, places in Africa. Oh, you know what I think it would be? There's a there's a place, and I think it's in Pakistan, um, but you know where the Beatles that the, the where they recorded that album on on houseboats and it's like this beautiful Ooh. this beautiful houseboats on this you know lake and you know by the Himalaya mountains wow. in, in the background I don't know it just it just looks really amazing and peaceful and, and just I was actually in the Himalayas about tw- like two years ago I spent a couple of months in Nepal and it's really? it's it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty amazing <laughs> yeah I think I want to go there yeah what, well what about you where's um, your next I I think it's uh, like practically, I think the next place I'll go is probably Morocco. My my girlfriend's uh, uh, her father's Moroccan, so she still has a lot of family there, including her grandmother. So I'd like to uh, sometime this year maybe make it to Morocco. If uh, time and money were not an issue, I think I would want to go to like maybe like uh, like Bora Bora or the Maldives or Tahiti or Fiji, one of those places. Like just just, just crazy, yeah. crazy, you know, sick in the middle of nowhere, tropical island, yeah. That's not near Florida. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. If time and money were not options. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, last question from me. Yes. Embarrassing fact about yourself. Ooh. Embarrassing fact about myself. I have to think. Well, I guess, uh, I guess we're on a radio show, and I guess I owe it to you and the listeners to be vulnerable. So I, I think, I guess I would have two. I guess... Uh, the first one would be that I, not their entire discography, but I really love the first two Coldplay albums. Oh. I like, I like, I like, love them, and I've actually I've made the mistake of like getting somebody that says, you know, I hate Coldplay. I'm like, no, please, just here, just sit here and listen to the, here. Here's the lyrics. Just please go on this journey with me, and it never it never ends up very well. So now I just keep my keep my my mouth shut. Yeah, I gotta say, I always say I hate Coldplay, uh-huh. um, and I, I think it's more just you know to to be edgy and yeah. to hate something that's kind of easy to easy to like. Yeah. Um, but when I when the songs come on, I there's a part of me that is just like this is you know this is pretty pleasant, and it, it was uh, Brian Eno produced 
Yeah. All of Coldplay's albums, no? I I don't know if that's true. He he he, he produced a lot of U2 albums. I, I, I feel like he had... Really? Uh, he took part in Coldplay. Well, it makes know, sense. We'll have to fact it, it makes sense because he's a genius and the two albums are great. Yeah. I haven't listened to anything past that, but... I don't yeah. know if I've ever tried full albums. Maybe maybe I'll give it a you, shot. You know what's so funny is that when Coldplay first came out, uh, I they, everybody was this was like I guess like maybe two thousand two thousand one, and I I always said oh I hate Coldplay, but I, but I was working at a restaurant and there was two or three songs that would always come on and I'd be like oh my god I love this song and they never knew who it was because I always thought Coldplay was like a uh, like Limp Biscuit or like you know one of those like you know like hard you know hard like you know I don't know like, how you got that I didn't do Coldplay <laughs> doesn't Coldplay sound like some like you know like like no. fake metal band a little bit no to me I, I know in my mind but all right uh, what's your second what's oh my second? the the other one is that uh that um that not only uh are there a few meg ryan movies that i actually like but i actually cry in like like uh lost lost it was, what is it uh city of city of god no what's the i don't even know the lost names Angel. lost angels no it's the with nicholas cage the one that um city of angels Okay, the the Iris yeah. song. Oh, yeah. well, what's that been? Goo Goo Dolls. Yes, yes. They did the, they did yeah. the theme song. And then for the Alanis Morissette uninvited song is on there. That and like Sleepless in Seattle. I, oh, I this cry is at getting the, really yeah, embarrassing. Yeah, I, I, I cry at the, at the if they're on cable. I'm just bored and, and I'm flipping through channels. I will stop, and I will cry. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty pretty bad. I, I think that's pretty close to mine. I, uh, you know, I well, I'm. I cry in movies anyway. Like I'm yeah. just, I'm just a movie crier. I'm just a chicken baby. Like, you know, this cry, hard, cry, this cry hard exterior, happy. cold exterior, um, stops as soon as I'm in a theater, and then I'm just like a, a big old baby. Yeah. But uh, I cry every time I watch Happy Gilmore. Oh. But like at a very specific part, and and I could be flipping through. Well, not that I have cable, but if you know, I'm at my parents' house on the couch and. If I if I flip through and I find you know when you know when Happy goes to his happy place mm-hmm. and Carl Weathers is there like it's after he died <laughs> and, 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 and the midget with the uh, on the tricycle I'm sorry the dwarf a dwarf yeah um, and all of a sudden Carl Weathers is just like look happy I got two hands <laughs> and then he starts playing the piano and singing like if I come into that movie just at that part like even sometimes <laughs> thinking about it. Like or describing it, I just start crying. I I don't know. That's just a beautiful movie moment. Oh, that's 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 very vulnerable and beautiful that you've shared that with us. That's uh, yeah. It's that's embarrassing. Oh. Um, well, I, I definitely feel like I I know you better now <laughs> after hearing hearing those things. Yeah, I definitely feel like I revealed too much. <laughs> um, do you have any Do you have any more questions? I, I think I think I'm good. All right, um, then we're going to go to a quick break. And and we'll be back with Mark Hurst and ask him, uh, drill him about uh, kimchi and other things. Awesome. Great. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you. 
The International Culinary Center is a proud sponsor of the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. The ICC, with locations in New York and California, provide cutting-edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at internationalculinarycenter.com. This is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, and you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Oh, the Brandon Hoy. All right, we're back with the main course. Um, we've got guest here, Mark Hurst, and, or, sorry, he's with uh, Harmony Kimchi, and he revealed to us during the break that he also has a crush on Meg Ryan. <laughs> Um, I don't have a crush on Meg Ryan. I just have an affinity for her sappy movies. I yeah. definitely have a crush on Meg Ryan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, let's get started. Mark is a expert on Korean food. And- well, Mark is an expert on everything. Mark is a, <laughs> a, a musical savant. Uh, he's also an expert on, uh, like his father before him, an expert, expert, expert on samurai and ninja. So we can also do a whole separate show on that. <laughs> um, I guess... Uh, I guess maybe uh, we start off and maybe maybe just start off with uh, with kimchi. Maybe could, could you give us a little bit of a history of kimchi? What it is? Pretend like uh, we have never heard the word kimchi. What is kimchi? Kimchi is a traditional Korean dish that is predominantly made with uh, hot chili peppers and uh, napa cabbage is the most common variety. But you could do it out of almost any vegetable you can possibly find. And then um, it's usually. Uh, then pickled and stored away for like months, traditionally like buried underground, and then you know you bring it back up and eat it, and it's delicious. Yeah, um, we, we, I was we, um, we, um, when me uh, a couple of minutes ago, me and Alexis were talking about um, it, uh, it. It produces does it produce some sort of like lactic acid or something? It, it helps. Uh, it, it produces. It, it, it produces a, a probiotic. A probiotic, yeah, yeah. So which, which ha- helps with digestion and stuff. Correct. So it's actually very healthy for you? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, you know, like, Korean food has kind of come onto the scene in the past, uh, you know, few years a lot more than, than I think it was, you know, noticed before. Maybe that's just my perception or, or limited exposure. Um, I know that I, I definitely have, I, you know, whenever I'm trying, you know, different food or it is coming from another culture, it's really important to me that I, you know, I think it's respectful for the for the culture to, you know, eat it or try and, you know, use it how it's intended and i have to say like i i'm a little ignorant of korean food and kimchi because it's it's served it's like put on the table when you first sit down but it's served kind of like a condiment i just i don't know what to do with it's, it I'm, it's used as both a condiment and an ingredient like you can eat it on the side with anything but there's also several variety of different korean dishes that actually use kimchi as an ingredient in it like like you use it in like soup stock you can add the brine to almost like anything and because you you know in like a korean household there's so many different varieties that like you know anything from like spinach to like uh, to radish to sometimes even like carrot or anything else you can turn that into kimchi so it it, it it has like a multi-purposeful form and i guess my question is like you know do i have the green light like when there's nothing else on the table and i'm starving and there's they just put the kimchi down are you allowed to like pick at that are you supposed yes. to eat that then <laughs> most or definitely wait to add it to your... you could you could eat it with anything okay <laughs> or nothing or nothing i mean i i do that quite often <laughs> 
You know, um, I, I was I was actually going to look this up, but instead uh, I thought I'd just ask you. So you bim 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 bop, bim bim bop, yeah, mm-hmm. bim bim bop. Sometimes that sometimes is it made with raw meat and sometimes not raw meat. And if if I because sometimes I've been at places and I've tried to explain like I've had it with raw. Is there one with raw meat? I mean, you could kind of make bibimbap with anything. It's not necessarily a set yeah. series of ingredients. As long as you have, like, rice, usually some vegetables, any kind of, like, protein, you, with and or without, is it in you a, need And it. it's in a stone pot? Well, that's dulcet. You know, okay. That, that's, that's specific. Like, in the old days, you would, like, heat up a stone pot. And, because you know, that's, like, what you have is, like, you have, like, a, a fire that you're heating stuff on. So you kind of use that to cook with. That, is, I think, is the best way to get it. But at home, especially nowadays in Korea, like, you just eat it in a bowl with anything. Yeah. As long as you have, like, gochujang, which is, like, a spicy fermented pepper paste. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a sauce that you use to mix it with. Yeah. That gives it its spiciness and a little bit of sweetness. It's really, I love that stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Um... What was I going to say? Um, oh, you know what I was going to ask you is um, I know sometimes there's things that pop up uh, that are they're exactly the same thing, but then uh, Japan says we invented it, Korea says we invented it, or China says they invented it. Is there is there um, is there, is there a couple of examples that you know of that like uh, that like maybe uh, other people say we invented it but Korea did or vice versa? I know there's the you know whole shochu shoju thing, but yeah, there's like there's a few things like there there's one thing that I find that like my mom would always say about jajangmyeon, which is like a Korean noodle dish, uh-huh. and that she always swears that it's Korean, but I actually think its root probably goes back to China more than anything else, mm-hmm. and so it's it's uh, fermented black bean paste. Mm-hmm. So you could you you see the sauce a lot, and even on like Chinese food men- menus, oftentimes you can go to a place and order something that says like you know cha cha myeon, like with a C H. Yeah, but in Korean it's pronounced jajang. And then I forget how, how it's pronounced in Japanese, but it's kind of similar because you have that there as well. Yeah. So you have it in like all three cultures, and any one of them are going to say it's like it comes from us. More than likely, it's probably Chinese, but it goes back so long that yeah. it's really kind of hard to tell anymore. And that, and I mean, I grew up eating jajangmyeon in Korea, yeah. and so that's like something I always associate with that. But I've gone to Chinese restaurants and seen that and gotten really excited. It tastes a bit different, mm-hmm. but. It's it's basically the same thing. You use black bean paste in a lot of like Chinese dishes anyway, yeah. so it's something that you can kind of see you know, across the table. Yeah. Is there is there any component of, of Korean food that separates it um, that is just like very distinctly Korean or, or is kind of like a, a trend or a thread throughout the cuisine that is you know well, different I, or unique? Kimchi, really. I mean, it's the national food. Like yeah. it's like you see like again like not just as a side dish but also as like an ingredient in a variety of different dishes like everything from like um, you can you can use you, you can get like a style of kimchi leaf where it's like the whole leaf and then you will like wrap food in it and eat it like that that's really delicious and um and so that's something where it's just like it's not just a condiment; it becomes like an a, you know an important component to the meaning. Almost like doing like a like a sauerkraut wrap or like a or some kind of like a, a cabbage wrap. wrap or a lettuce wrap, exactly. And so that's something that's also commonly served as a condiment in, in Korean households. Is something like lettuce or like a genyip, which is like Korean style shiso leaf, like on the side and use it to wrap food in. So oftentimes you'll have like a bowl of rice, a bunch of different side dishes, and then you'll take rice onto something like a lettuce wrap and then spread hot pepper paste and then a bit of this other like whatever ingredients you want to put in and roll it up and eat it almost like a taco and you and you make kimchi yeah that's kind of a project that you have um that you do personally that's that's correct yeah i mean it's something i i came into like like again like really personally like that's like uh i i learned this is harmony kimchi correct 
I, I learned to do it from like helping my grandmother when I was a child and then like ending up in a situation where it's like I need to like also make this for my mother and my father and for like a family and then I just got used to making it so I just kept on making it and then when I didn't have like a whole family to serve it to I was like well does anybody else want some and that's how I ended up here today I guess is it and and this is I don't know is it typical for you know a male in a household to be the cook no generally not I think like in Korean culture nowadays like there's a lot of people that go to like culinary school they're still predominantly I think male but um, in the household it's generally female and so it's like I learned that from like you know helping out my mom occasionally around the house and mostly from like my grandparents still lived in like rural Korea so I'd go visit them every summer as a kid and like oh my grandma's getting old so my mom was like hey you gotta help her and I was like okay but you know that's I think that's like a normal thing that kids do um, so now we're going to get into the hard questions. Okay. No, if you if you don't if you don't know the answer to this, that's fine. It just popped up into my mind. This is not this is not premeditated. But um, are there? Do you know um, much about the cuisine of North Korea? That's what I was just thinking about. Well, it, it, it's, uh, obviously, obviously there has to be. If not, if not a hundred years ago, definitely now there definitely is a difference between the cuisine. But do you know? Uh, do you know in uh, North Korea what uh, what they eat? That's a good question. No, I don't really know. I mean, like, so many things translate over, but you're right. Like, after so long, there's a lot of things that's changed. Probably probably a lot having to do with, like, trade embargoes for, what, since the 60s at least? Yeah. So there's a lot of ingredients that they... I mean, for instance, I think of Korean food, I instantly think of Spam. Yeah. I... I am fairly confident to assume that North Korea maybe never received that because it's predominantly like an American kind of a thing. I bet that post-Korean, the post-Korean War when they separated. Correct. Yeah. And so it's like both, both Japan and Korea have this like relationship with spam because of, you know, America going in after a war helping mm-hmm. rebuild. So it's like, you know, uh, servicemen are like airdropping, you know, spam to people that otherwise don't have access to food. Yeah. So as like the culture begins to build up, recovering from the war, they get used to eating it. Yeah. North Korea, I'd imagine, never really received that. Can you imagine never having spam? I can't. I have to eat it like at least once a month. Otherwise, I kind of go crazy. I don't know if I've ever had spam. Really? Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, a, a friend of my, Mark and I's, uh, uh, Mitchell, is a writer and he did an article about spam because he's also from Hawaii. So, you know, Hawaii has this yeah. really rich tradition with Spam. And Spam found out about it and sent him a case. And do you know there's, like, 20 different flavors of Spam? I know. There's, I think, a Sriracha nope. one. There's a garlic one. There's a teriyaki. Yeah, the teriyaki. There's so many varieties. I have nothing against canned meat, too. Yeah. I just, I... Vienna sausages. That's you know. I guess I if you like if, if you if you I like Vienna, Vienna sausages, sausages spam is like them. spam is like the complex big brother of Vienna sausage. Mm. I mean, I remember like it wasn't until uh, maybe I was like in high school I realized I could get spam like in like a gas station like in the states. <laughs> well, like when, when my experience was, was like during like the eighties, I lived in Seoul with like my mother, and at that time period, like spam was a little bit hard to get a hold of. And, like, I had, I, I went to school there, so I had friends that lived on the American military base, and they had spam. And it was this thing that I didn't necessarily understand when I was younger. I'd go over there to play video games with a friend. My mom would have, like, American dollars and be like, here's a backpack. I need you to go to the grocery store and buy, like, multiple things of spam. I'm like, okay. So I would, like, come home with, like, 12 cases, and there would be, like, everybody else from the neighborhood. My mom would be, like, handing it out because it was such, like, a well-sought-out thing. But it became harder to get a hold of at a certain point when they're, like, because in America, they're like, okay, during, you know, during like, you know, war and reconstruction, it's like people need food. But then, like, once Creed comes in the 80s, it doesn't need to be airdropped or anything anymore. It becomes, like, an, an import item. 
So for a long time, it would like show up on a menu as kind of like fancy. I always thought it was kind of fancy because I had to like smuggle it out and like bring it, bring it home. And then like you know, being in the states, we didn't really eat it that much because I guess you know my dad was like, well, I don't want to eat spam, you know. But yeah. then when I got when I got older, I was like, man, I want, I missed that thing. What was that dish, mom? Blah blah blah. And I was like, oh wait. That stuff I used to buy. Oh crap! I could get this anywhere, man. That's kind of cool. Has something can you know can infiltrate you know a, a, a culture and, and become totally become stable. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I had a question for you. Um, sure. uh, the uh, in uh, in reverse to the spam, um, your kimchi is vegan. Can you talk a little bit about That's about correct. why it's vegan? Because it's not it's not like a thing that you're doing it uh, to kind of make it cool that you know cuz be you know like, like but, but but a lot a lot of times uh, kimchi has some sort of fish stock or dried fish in fish it fish sauce and like but shrimp yours paste and oysters are generally pretty common mine doesn't because i i've co-opted this process that i learned from my grandma from doing chores yeah. like when i first made kimchi i looked up like a bunch of recipes online and i tried to make a batch and i i bring it home to my mother and she was like this is disgusting and i was mm. like all right i mean i don't really know what i'm doing but but one of the things i do remember is like you know, it's chores. I hated doing them, mm-hmm. but it's something that I had to help my grandma with. I was like, I remember this process. I can go through that. And the main deal was, is like when you would salt the cabbage, all this excess water comes out and most recipes call for you to dump it. And but because of where my grandparents are from, you don't dump anything. Right. So you save that. And because it's like, you know, you're using uh, like crushed sea salt and stuff in it. When you save it, it becomes this brine that's naturally salty and kind of oceany in terms of flavor. Mm. So it still ends up having this flavor that's kind of, you know, the fishiness that you would get from the sea or whatever. Umami. Umami, correct. But without actually using fish sauce or shrimp paste. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, and Mark, can you tell us, you know, where is there any way to find you or find Harmony Kimchi, or do you have any plans in the future? Any kind of contacts to what if someone's interested in, in talking to you more about your kimchi? Well, I mean, or any any question, I guess. <laughs> there are uh, several people you can wander around in Bushwick and ask uh, me by name, Mark Hurst, or possibly even Harmony. But um, I tend to show up at uh, farmers markets, holiday sales. I'm in the process of now um, beginning to distribute and sell to actual restaurants. So I'm slowly sneaking in there. But I'm- actually, the first time I met Mark, uh, he talked, told me about his kimchi, and uh, and he he showed up to my uh, my my restaurant the next day with a suitcase. Uh, really quickly, uh, sure. before we go, um, Mark is a musician, and you have an album coming out. Is that true? I thought? <laughs> yes. Just shameless self-promotion. <laughs> well, maybe t- I don't have self-promotion if you're promoting him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, same, well, we're family, so shameless self-promotion okay. for us. No, no, go ahead. Well, yes, I, I perform as a pleasure, and I have a full-length album coming out here in the next few months. On what um, label? On Other People. Um, I put out an EP back in March. The irony is, I think... You know, I used to sell jars of kimchi with the download code with like music on it that I had made. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> how did that? How did that go over? You get a lot of. Uh, I actually, well, regrets. I had a lot of fans for both my music and kimchi through that process. So That's awesome. <laughs> uh, well, we'll definitely put up a link um, with your with information on um, cool. both uh, kimchi and your music project. And what's the name of of the the band or? Oh, uh, a pleasure. A pleasure. Mark, it's been. A pleasure. No, you've been no. a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming in, man. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Um, well, this has been so much fun, and uh, I look I look forward to the coming weeks. Uh, uh, you know, uh, making Patrick proud of what we have done with his uh, with his brainchild. Hopefully, making him proud. Yeah, definitely. Not, not hearing um, any negative feedback. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we will be with you next Sunday, and and every Sunday forever uh, and ever and ever. 
Yeah. So yes. look forward to that. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Yeah. Have a good Sunday. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.